everybody. I'm Ethan Van Arnhem with Discipleship Ministries, and I wanted to welcome you back to another session of Covenant Equip. Today we are going to look at our next preaching series on missions. I'm here with Jason, one of the pastors at Christ Covenant, to talk about his sermon in the upcoming series. You know, I really get the privilege of peeking inside his mind as I write the curriculum for our groups each week, and I thought everybody would benefit from hearing these thoughts on the series. Uh, so I figured I'd just start with some questions, Jason. That'd be great. I, I, I have this visual of you pulling my head up right now and looking <laughs> inside. So we'll see what's in there, man. Well, that's usually some good stuff. Let's start with our first question. Why is missions important and why are we doing a whole conference for it? Yeah, well, I think that the, the goal of the church is to glorify God and God will be more glorified as the mission of God, as the gospel of God, as the gospel of Christ advances. And that's really the goal of missions. Jesus, one of the very last things that he said to us before he left uh, was this mission, this great mission he gave his church, he gave his disciples to go and make disciples of every nation, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then he said, and even to the uttermost, even to the ends of the earth. So this is central to the heart of our Lord. It's central to the purpose of the church. It's central to the kingdom of Christ. So it, it, it has got to be central in everything that we do as a local church body. Right. And speaking of goals, uh, you know, what, let's, like, let's explain what our goals are as the staff and pastors to, as, during this week as we try to reach people. Well, you know, I, this is a huge week for us. Um, I mean, ultimately, Ethan, I want to see churches being planted and the gospel going forward and uh, missionaries being sent out. I want to see people in unreached people group among unreached people groups that have never, ever heard the gospel to have someone sent to them so that they could hear the gospel. So what is my goal? Well, yeah, my goal is that we would be more faithful to the Great Commission and that we as a church would know what that looks like. And uh, I really believe these weeks are important so often. I mean, how many times have you talked to uh, a, a missionary who's now in the field or to even a pastor or something who says part of his testimony, part of his story, part of her story is there was a missions week at my church or a missionary came and spoke to my church and it really impacted me. It really yeah. affected me. It really changed me. And so we're just trying to equip our folks. We're trying to lay the seeds of the mission of Christ among our folks. And to be honest, Ethan, I don't know of a lot of churches. I mean, I think Johnson Ferry, I think, you know, there's some, certainly some other churches are doing that, but I don't know what your experience is with that. I don't know of a lot of churches that are really, really intentional about getting rid of their folks. And, and to be honest with you, I think one of my goals is to get rid of some of our members, if, if you will. I, yeah. I want some of our members to be so burdened by global lostness that they're willing to leave Atlanta and go to a place of less gospel access to go and make a difference for the kingdom of Christ. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different goals in this. We want to equip our folks. We want to train our folks. We want to get our people engaged in what God is doing in our city and what he's certainly doing around the world. And ultimately, I mean, I'm very serious in this. I want to see more guys that feel a burden, more gals that feel a burden to go and do something to advance the cause of Christ. And yeah, I don't know how anyone else feels on that, but that's always something I've seen when you and I talk. And it's something I very much appreciate, just the fact that you're willing to be able to 
equip and send out these people. Uh, we're more concerned with reaching the rest of the world than we are kind of just staying together. Yeah, and we want to reach Atlanta. I mean, that's our primary goal. That's our primary responsibility. So don't don't hear this in any way to say that we're less focused now on our mission field and the mission and the people that God has called us to reach. But it's a both and, yeah. and it's it's very much. Um, it's, I mean, Atlanta is lost. We are definitely needed in our city. But we want people to be so encouraged by what God is doing here through our church in Atlanta that they would feel equipped enough and empowered enough by the power of the Spirit of Christ to go out and to continue that work in other places. Right. And so speaking about kind of strategic plans and such, you know, you start off your series, actually, this Sunday you'll be preaching on uh, Acts 11 and the church in Antioch. Why did you choose to start there, particularly? I think the church in Antioch is kind of one of those key places. Uh, you know, I did the uh, I did the Luther's uh, tour, the Reformation tour, 500th anniversary of the Reformation uh, in October. And, of course, you know, what was happening in Wittenberg at that time and across Germany was key in the life of the church. The, our lives here 500 years later is in so many ways are changed because of what happened there. And I think the Church of Antioch, maybe even more so, is the same kind of place where something was happening. God was doing something that created a a template and a pattern that really changed the course of the church. If you think about it, Ethan, before Antioch, the Christianity, the movement of Christ, was a very Jewish thing. It was a very local and Jewish thing. It was... You know, I think it's interesting. Jesus gives the command to go and be the witnesses of Christ uh, in Judea, Samaria, to the end of the in the earth. In Acts one, in Acts eight, at the beginning of Acts eight, the church is still in Jerusalem. It not even left Jerusalem yet. Here, eight chapters yeah. in to the story of the early church, what happens? Stephen is stoned. That causes a dispersion. That causes. Christians to, to leave Jerusalem, and God used that in a powerful way. And one of the places that they went was Antioch, and in Antioch, they started reaching non-Jewish people. They started reaching people who had a totally different worldview. And so their method of evangelism, their method of engaging people was very different. So for example, if you, if you read the book of Matthew, if you read the book of Hebrews, these are written to a Jewish audience where the message of the gospel is, the Messiah has come, and here he is. It's Jesus. And here's all of this evidence, and now you can believe, right? And I think yeah. for a lot of us, our method of evangelism uh, in kind of a Christian South uh, or what I would call a Western Christianity world, or maybe more precisely kind of a post-World War II United States and a post-World War II Bible Belt United States, maybe most precisely, our kind of interaction with the world has been, I think, similar to that of the early church. There were right. certain worldview anchors in place that has made preaching the gospel or ministering the gospel uh, maybe not easy, but has made it has has given it some sort of form. Well, now we find ourselves in a very different world, a world of really secularism, Western secularism, global secularism. Atlanta is a very global city. Really, if you think about it, in many ways, Atlanta has more in common with New York than it does with Monticello, Georgia. It may even have more in common with Shanghai than it does, you know, with Albany or something like that. Yeah. And, and, and so I think we as a church here have to think very different 
than we had to think in Atlanta 30 years ago. And where some of us who come from towns like that, you know, I'm from Huntsville, Alabama, we have to think differently about how the gospel is going to advance here. And, and so that was what was happening in Antioch. Then from Antioch, we of course see Paul and Barnabas go out. So it's almost like they learned this new method of cultural engagement at Antioch, and of course Paul was already doing it, but they, they, yeah. they mastered this method of cultural engagement at Antioch, and then they were like, okay, now we got it. We can take this to every city uh, throughout the Roman Empire, and that's exactly what they did, and the gospel exploded. Yeah. So I, I, what if God could do that here? That would be great. <laughs> and so that's what we want to see, and, and I think that this is inspired to hopefully launch something like that, you know, not just here, but everywhere. Right. Uh, so speaking on that, uh, we're going to have a two-part curriculum coming up because we're skipping one week for the yeah. uh, missions conference. Which is going to be great, by the way. And in, in all of those groups, we want to have group life where uh, there's group events where the missionaries go and engage with the group. So, yeah, those, that's going to be a great week. But, yeah, we're only yeah. going to have two uh, times of life group material because or community group material because of that. And so how is this uh, sermon and this material going to kind of transfer into those two? Well, the first uh, life group material, we're really going to kind of look at a couple of examples of of what we're talking about in Antioch. We're going to kind of rehash, and I think it's fun sometimes. This is going to be a good series. Sometimes you hear something in a sermon and maybe a little over your head. It's nice to be able to like sit down in the lab of a life group, of a community group setting and say, okay, what was just said to me? And so I want to go back over Acts 11. I also want to look at another place where we see a good example of this in Acts 17, very famous passage, when when Paul finally gets to Athens, which was just, it's the most pagan city, the most uh, non-Jewish city or whatever the, the, yeah, the gospel had it, ever. it talks about how distressed he is just by the amount of idols he sees that's walking right. the streets. That's right, so it's a totally different worldview, totally different culture. And, uh, of course, Paul goes there, and he still figures out a way to engage with people who are coming from a very different worldview perspective. I think we've got to be able to do the same thing. So that's kind of the first week. Then the second week, uh, the goal is to look at, from Antioch, how those missionary journeys went forward. Of course, one of the places that the gospel eventually goes is Athens. uh, And, you know, we'll have already looked at that. But I, I want to look at how did the gospel go forward from there, and then... I would, and then in the same material, we're going to kind of think about how is the gospel moving forward today? How do we understand how God is on the move at a much more global level today? So I think both of those are really going to be great. It's going to be how do we engage a changing worldview with the gospel kind of week one, week two of the material is going to be how... How do we understand what was happening in terms of the spread of the church, spread of the gospel in the first century, and then how can we understand some of those movements that are going on right now? Right. Uh, So kind of relating to that, uh, one of the questions we like to ask when we look at the material is just, you know, what are we hoping our leaders will do with the sermon and the curriculum? Like, what are we really trying to motivate them toward in their groups? I want to see... Um, it goes back to what I said before. I want to see this, this. This is three weeks, Ethan. This is such a short period of time, but I really believe, and it really falls on the backs of these leaders and falls on our backs as pastors. I really believe that if if we do a good job with this, by, by God's grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
this can change the life of our church. This is our first little introduction. I mean, we're this little baby infant church. We're trying to find our way through the world. This is kind of our first real introduction with global mission, the global yeah. mission of God. Uh, and so this is so huge. This is huge. And uh, I, we're asking you leaders an enormous task to take people, and maybe some of them have really, I mean, a lot of people in our church, I, I know because I've had the conversation with them, they, they've never, I mean, the Johnson Ferry folks, obviously, but a lot of people in our church, they've never really been a part of a church with a passion for global evangelism, global mission, global church planting, uh, reaching unreached people groups. I yeah. mean, these are new categories for some of our people. Yeah. Uh, and certainly people, a lot of people in our church have never engaged with anything like that. And so this is a week where I hope it'll just be a springboard to all of that for the equipping side and also for the engaging side. I'd love for our leaders to say, hey, we as a group are going to go on a mission trip this year. Yeah. Uh, we as a group are going to help send somebody in our team on a maybe longer term or midterm in our group on a midterm uh, mission. Uh, we as a group are going to just explore about what God is doing in the city and see how we can we could be engaged. And, and we as obviously leadership in the church are going to try to put a lot of opportunities before the groups. But it really comes down to leadership, right? Yeah. I mean, you know that. If, if people aren't led well, if people in the groups aren't don't see something, and it can't just be me, right? Again, as I said you know, last Sunday, I'm a professional Christian, right? Everybody expects this stuff from me. But when, you know, uh, you know, when a guy that's one of our leaders that just has a normal secular job in the community, when he's saying we're on board with this, that's what really changes the hearts of our folks. Yeah, and we just we want to make sure we equip everyone to be able to do the work, right? Yeah, exactly, and then lead by example yeah. as leaders. And so we'll move from there and we'll go to our last part, uh, our tradition that we've kind of started with. A tradition with. of covenant <laughs> equip like none other. Oh, yes. Can you give us what is our tip of the month? Well, uh, I know this tradition, this is almost as great of a tradition as the Masters Golf Tournament, but I do want to uh, share something that has, has really been on my heart. And, and this is something, the tip of the month, if you will, is just how, do you, how are you a better group leader? And this is something that God's really burdened me with this. And, and I'm, I'm talking to you group leaders right now. I have all of you in mind right now as I say this. So I really want you to hear this. And, you know, I may even, you know, give you calls or try to catch you at the Covenant Lounge because I, I, I want to just say this to you. And you are in really a, a role of a shepherd, of a pastor. And that's my job too. And, and I think that what we're always asking ourselves as pastors is kind of this Hebrews 10 principle, consider how to stir one another along toward faith and good deeds. Consider how to stir one another along toward faith and good, for, toward faith and good deeds. I'm given this responsibility as a pastor over our members. We have 101 members. I think you know we have several coming through first yeah. Sunday. But right now, I really feel this charge toward the 101 members that God has given me to care for to shepherd. I'm considering how to stir each of them along toward faith and good deeds. And you guys can help me and other elders out by, by looking at your group and saying, okay, who in my group needs to be stirred along? And then I love this. It says, and consider how to stir them along. Yeah. I, you know, I, I may be able to just, you know, you, Ethan, you're very self-motivated. I want to stir you along, but you may just come to the general group session and listen and take notes. 
You're easy to stir along. Right. You're one of the kind of sheep that typically stays with the flock. Other, uh, other people in your groups, other people in our church, man, it takes a lot more effort to stir them along. It takes a lot more creativity to stir them along. Some people, maybe it's just you do send them the weekly email and they get it. But, but we as group leaders, we as pastors and leaders, we can't say, I sent out the email. They should have read it. That may work with some of your sheep, but it's certainly not going to work with all of your sheep and, and, and particularly the sheep that really need you. And so how are you going to stir them along? How are you going after those lost sheep, right? Maybe there's 99 that are really faithful, but there's the one that you've got to go after. Maybe it's getting a lunch with him. Maybe it's figuring out a creative way. I mean, one of the things that I always try to think of is, okay, how can I creatively engage them? Um, you know, Ethan's going to laugh because I use this example all the time. <laughs> but there's a great scene in the movie it's a wonderful life. Okay, Ethan's never seen it. Y'all can no, y'all can yet. poo on Ethan later, but <laughs> there's a scene where Clarence. Okay, he's considering how to save George's life. George is down on himself. He's going to commit suicide, and so Clarence, in order to save George's life, jumps into the river because he knew who George is. He knew that George is such a do-gooder that he was going to jump into the river to save Clarence, and that's how Clarence saved George. How, do you, how are you going to do that with your folks? Do you know your folks well enough to stir them along to the things that they really need? We're not trying to coerce anyone here. We're trying to get them the things that they really need, right? Uh, you know, I don't care about our numbers. We don't even take account. You know, I don't care about you know how many people are in your group. It's not about coercing them so we can look good on paper. It's about leading them as lost sheep to green pasture. And so, how are you doing that? Uh, you know, again, maybe it's a creative text message. Maybe some people you have you have to literally call every Saturday. Some people you don't need to. Yeah. Some people uh, will just respond to the big group emails. Some people. You have to get someone else in your group to give them a call because they'll respond better to them than they will to the group leader. I don't know what it is because I don't know your groups as well as you do, but, but that's what I want to urge you guys toward this week. How are you stirring along the members of your group to be there, right? right. To come uh, and to engage and to grow. And then ultimately, like I said, you know, to be on mission with Christ. You know, maybe one day that 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 stirring along is you taking a group member out and saying, you know what, I really think God is leading you to go overseas on mission with him. Yeah. Uh, I've had those conversations with people um, because I, you know, I believed that about them. Sometimes they say, well, no, no, uh, I don't think so. Sometimes they have said yes, and now they're on the mission field. So right. what does that look like, and what does good shepherding look like? And, and I think that's more just you know me to urge you along in, but for you to listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to Him. But know that it's leading a group, pastoring people, is so much more than opening the door. you gotta, you got to stir the folks along that God's given you to lead. Right. And you know, along that note, we just want to tell you guys, we really appreciate all that you're doing, and we know we are asking a lot. But we also know that through God, you guys are capable of doing it. You know, we just want to take this time and thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for the time you take to listen to these podcasts, to prep for these uh, group times, and just really keep at it. We want you to be encouraged as you engage and connect with your folks. 
Uh, it's really the backbone of what we're trying to do and just building that fellowship and being on mission together. Uh, and so, you know, we're praying for you each day that you'll be able to stoke that fire in your people and really press them forward. And yeah. we're just so grateful for all that you're doing. For Jason Dees, this is Ethan Van Arnhem, and this has been Covenant Equipped. Thank you guys and have a great day.